Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, 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 Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new Geek Vibes Live. Tongue twister, don't try it, not easy. Uh, Welcome to an all-new episode. Uh, This episode we are calling Wonder Woman 2020. We'll explain why we gave it that title, even though I'm pretty sure you guys already know. Anyway, let me introduce my other panelists. Nick, what's going on, Nick? What's up? It's because hindsight is 2020. Spoiler alert. Exactly. Exactly. And in hindsight, they shouldn't be changing the date of Wonder Woman. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, by the way, just uh, to prolong my introduction, Go Dogs beat Florida yesterday. It was amazing. Uh, It's the most important game of the year, and we won it. And I'm really, really happy right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I completely forgot. Oh, yeah. Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? You're really like such a fan of I'm glad Nick has such enthusiasm because his uh, team beat Florida, knowing uh, that it's not going to matter because Bama's going to stomp a mud hole in them and walk it dry. Uh, so, anyways, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Let's, uh, let's talk about some stories, especially uh, the Wonder Woman news. I, uh, I don't, I don't object to that train of thought. Canaan, uh, you you were probably right, but you never know. Like you gotta you gotta be in the game to win the game, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Absolutely, <laughs> and huge shout out to Canaan for uh, giving us possibly one of the greatest wrestling promos uh-huh. the show has ever seen. Uh, so huge shout out to Canaan. That's right. Too bad. Uh, too bad Dane's not on to appreciate it. He can listen later. <laughs> Absolutely, he'll definitely let you know. Huge shout out to Dane and Joel who are not on this week, um, but will be on next week. I feel like every time I say that, someone's back here the following week, and it's just like a reoccurring. <laughs> don't worry, next week. Don't worry, next week. But anyway, one of these days we'll have a pack show. Uh, Joel, Joel, you know what? Joel has just become a huge disappointment that I'm just used <laughs> to him letting us down. That I don't even care anymore. You know, it's just it's like I. I Expect nothing from Joel, and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> hey, as All long right, as he well, makes full court press, I'm like totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel, listen, that came from Canaan. No, no one else. It came from Canaan. I don't want to hear anything about me co-signing it. I did not. It came from Canaan. <laughs> but let's move on. <laughs> we got so much to talk about. Um, Canaan, this was supposed to be uh, you, Dane, and Joel expressing your excitement about Daredevil Season 3, but we are short Dane and Joel. So I will ask you, was there anything you would like to add about uh, your thoughts on Daredevil Season 3, or are you pretty much good? Uh, no, I don't I don't have anything to express, because I still haven't had a chance uh, to, to watch it all. I, there's there's so many shows that I still have to, to binge. Like, I still need to finish Sabrina, and I want to watch... Um, 
uh, definitely watch the rest of Daredevil. So it's just it's just finding the right time. No, I completely understand, man. Um, I do want to say while we're in this this topic, a uh, huge shout out to Tia, who actually got to interview Jay Ali, who plays Agent Nadim in Daredevil nice. season three. Um, it was a great interview. It was a lot of fun. Amazing guy. Um, long story short, uh, Tia tried to get in maybe some news about, um, you know, a possible season four. Uh, Jay Ali, you know, uh, this is me paraphrasing here, just pretty much said, uh, I don't know, I didn't make it past season three. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he pretty much was just letting, letting us know, like, I, I'm not in it, so I wouldn't have an idea even if they did make another one. Um, so, but great guy, and I wanted to say so spo- again. So, spoiler and, uh, alert! So, spoiler alert! He does not make it. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, <laughs> no, he does not. Um, but the show's been out for two weeks, so if you haven't seen it and you're a true geek fan, I'm sorry. Okay, it's on you, not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, he did not make it. Um, but a huge shout out to Jelly and Tia for a great interview. And, now, go ahead. I'm and sorry, I was just going to say, but uh, don't be discouraged because he goes out like a fucking baller, son. So Absolutely. Like, just, just just look forward to that, Kanan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming Bullseye has something to do with that. Uh, you'll see. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's move on. Let's start with news that's based off of our topic. I mean, not a, a topic, our title, sorry. I don't know what's going on with my brain. Uh, let's talk Wonder Woman 84, which weirdly and out of nowhere got pushed back to 2020. Uh, I believe it's June 3rd. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cannon. June 3rd, right? Sounds right. 2020? Uh, I know it's in June. I yeah. do not know that it's in 20. I don't know that it's in, uh, is, that, is that right? Let's see, June. Yeah. No, it would no, it would be the fifth. It'd be the fifth. Hold on, I think it's June fifth. I think it's June. I think it's June fifth, twenty twenty. It's in the. It's photo early June twenty twenty. Let's 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 roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it's I, the fifth. It's it, it's the fifth. It's six five twenty. Is the yeah. uh, is on the new poster. Right. So I mean, the, the biggest shock for me was it came out of nowhere. Um, they're still shooting. Uh, so I guess the biggest thing was maybe they needed more time to finish shooting. Maybe they had other places they wanted to go to shoot, and they didn't want to rush anything, so they thought they'd give themselves more time, I guess. I don't know. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. Nick, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on Wonder Woman pushing itself back from November, I believe, of next year to June 5th of 2020? Uh, well, I thought it was just funny that, like, of course they're they're going to give some, like, random excuse that doesn't really make sense. And so, of course, they were like, well, you know, we, we thought that the summer date, like, we, you know, we think it actually works better for Wonder Woman. Um, and so, you know, we just wanted to put it there. It's like, dude, just be honest, man. Like, God, that drives me crazy. Like, we all know that's not the reason. It has nothing to do with that. Um 
Like I would, I would have at least a little more respect for it if if they were just like, well, you know, we we needed a little bit more time uh, for some reshoots, and um, we got some great new ideas that we want to uh, incorporate into the movie, um, and you know, so we're just going to take our time so we can deliver you the best possible Wonder Woman sequel uh, that you know you all deserve. Uh, and I would have been like, all right, cool, like take your time. Uh, if you need an extra couple of months, extra few months. Um, yeah, sure, go ahead, uh, take that time, and, you know, I'll, I'm happy to wait a few extra months if it means we get a uh, less rushed product and it ends up being really good. Um, so, like, but, of course, the excuse we got was just lame as shit. It's just, you know, oh, we just, we, we think uh, this this is a better month for us. It's like, dude, like, no, that's that's not what it is. Like, you... Uh, for whatever reason, had to move it back. You're not giving us the reason, which is, you know, typical. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing that just pisses me off most. I mean, I, uh, I it sucks we have to wait, uh, you know, a, a few extra months to get it. Um, but I would be, like, less frustrated if, it, if they were just, if Warner Brothers for once was just honest about what the fuck, you know, goes on in their studio. Yeah, well, we know Warner Brothers would never change in that aspect. Uh, I feel as though right. they go, the more confusing, the better. Um, but, I mean, I look at this for two different, two, from two different lenses, one good, one bad. The good being, I always felt as though DC should start to corner the market. Not corner the market, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Should start to, to try to challenge Marvel in summer releases. Um, I think DC... Um, could potentially do better in summer releases uh, than November or December. I think summer releases uh, should be something DC should try to do. Um, but the bad thing is, I'm with you, Nick. Like, the reasoning made no sense. Like, and it came completely out of nowhere. Like, I'd be fine if you said, oh, June 5th means something historical to Patty or, or or Gal, or Wonder or Woman, even, you know. Yeah, or even, like, we didn't have, um, we feel like this is the best film that we have coming out in, like, the next couple of years. Like, we're really proud of it, and so we want it to be in June. Like, play it, like, like basically, I mean, I guess that's kind of what they said, in a sense, but to me, what that says, what, what it spells out to me, is that we don't have faith in our other products, so we want that to come out in June instead of anything else that's on the release slate, which we are, are really worried about, which is, you know, like, that's it's just something I don't want to think about. Well, yeah, I'll take what you're saying and flip it to a degree. Um, I, I think this could be them saying, uh, and I think Kanan spoke about this uh, last week or, or the week before, they could be saying, you know what, let's take a step back. Let's see what Aquaman does. Let's see what Shazam does. Uh, and if they're good, cool. Wonder Woman comes out, uh, you know, the following year. So next year we'll only have Shazam and the Elseworld Joker film. Um, and then the following year, boom, Wonder Woman. Um, and if it's bad, we can go, cool, this will be where we end it. And then maybe we'll look into the possibility of rebooting the universe, whether it's a soft one by keeping – uh, by still keeping Momoa in in Godot or completely rebooting it. To me, it just it doesn't scream good. And I think we had this conversation last week where we were like, um, you know, if, if if you guys keep pushing things back, 
you're only going to make us think you don't have faith in what you're doing uh, going forward. And then, boom, they push this back. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, come on, guys. We want to believe in you, but you're doing things that are just, like, weird. Like, you were hardcore in production on filming this movie. So, and it wasn't like you just started filming like a month ago. Like, you've been filming for a while. So it's like to push it back a year from when it was supposed to come out is just like, why? Like, that that didn't make any sense. But, Kanan, I'll go to you. What were your thoughts on Wonder Woman pushing itself from November to June of 2020? I mean, when I initially saw it, I was like, damn, that's a long time. Um and I was just waiting for uh, some terrible news to come out, you know, something about, uh, you know, maybe changing the script or uh, somebody leaving or there being issues. I mean, you just know anytime somebody makes a change on a DC film, there's 20 or 30 different articles that come out as to why it moved. Um You know, I know Gal came out and, uh, you know, they were changing the landscape and, uh, you know, I think they feel like June is a good month for them because the first movie did well. Honestly, I don't think the month had anything to do with it. I think that the film itself had something to do with it, and I think this movie would have done great in November. Um, You know, some of the other reasons I saw that the film moved was because it didn't want to go up against Frozen 2 um, and then go up against Star Wars. Uh, the Star Wars argument is a little is a little stupid because Star Wars will not come out until uh, the first or second week, usually maybe even the third week of December. Uh, so Wonder Woman would have been out a good month and a half before Star Wars came out. Uh, now Frozen Two, I think, would have been a huge uh, movie to go up against, uh, but I think the movie still would have had um, at least a couple of weeks to itself before Frozen came out because I think Frozen's going to be um, kind of a uh, around Thanksgiving release. I don't have the calendar in front of me, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I know Wonder Woman, I think, was going to be by itself that weekend. Um, honestly, I think if any of the rumors are true in regards to where Warner Brothers wants to go with Batman and Superman and all that, that maybe they're going in and they are changing some stuff uh, to... Um, you know, kind of have the, you know, kind of have it go in a different direction. Um, I know none of that's confirmed either, but honestly, I think this movie had plenty of time to film, do its post-production work, and then come out in November of next year. Um, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a lot, I think it's a huge gap. I mean, you're looking at what six months? Is that what? I think it's like six months, November. Virginia, February, March, April, May, June. Yeah, six months. That's that's quite a bit. Um, I know that the only other movie that they they did that was with uh, Batman v Superman, but that was understandable. They were they were almost trying to rush that movie out a year um, after they started production, and that and I think the movie was just too big in scale for them to be able to do that. Um, I'm not necessarily worried. Uh, in the film's quality, because I trust Gal and I trust Patty Jenkins. Um, you know, I, I I wish we knew, you know, what the reasoning was, uh, other than hey, June is a good month for us, and that's what we're going to. Um, that's why we're moving it, because I, I think that's a stupid excuse. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I wanted to speak to what you were saying about um, its competition being Frozen Two uh-huh. and, and Star Wars. 
my biggest issue with that is, remember when uh-huh. everyone freaked out when Deadpool 2 moved to, um, uh, moves right in between Infinity War, uh-huh. Solo, and um, what was the other movie? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And everyone was like, why would you do that? Like, you're not going to make any money, blah, 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 blah. And it did fine. Turns out Solo wasn't the greatest of movies, so Deadpool's competition really was the people who might not have seen Infinity War um, within the first few weeks of when it came out. So to me, it's like, yes, is Star Wars this huge phenomenon that sometimes trumps Marvel and DC? Absolutely. I will not, I will not doubt that whatsoever. I do not think the core fan base that Wonder Woman 2 has would skip that movie to then go see Star Wars, Frozen 2. Um, I think all the little girls that would be interested in Frozen 2 would also be interested in Wonder Woman 2, um, you know, because of the huge reception that the first one got. So I don't I don't like to, to think that it coming out between those two would have drastically affected their box office. I really don't. I don't think that whatsoever, especially coming off of Aquaman and Shazam. If those movies are both really good, um, the excitement would have been there to have seen another DC movie that's potentially really good. Um, I, I think there's something behind the scenes on Fox specifically. They wanted to um, space it out, and I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all because it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to be honest to us on why it is. And if it's because you wanted to rework some things, if it's because there's script issues, Warner Brother issues, just let us know so we can go, okay, cool. Just take your time. Make sure you give us the best possible uh, thing. But even in uh, Gail, Gail Godot's, uh post, she said she's excited that the film is coming out when it was supposed to. But I don't recall them ever saying that it was supposed to be out in 2020. Am I missing something, Kaning? No, the film was always scheduled to come out November the 1st of 2019. Uh, She just came out and said that that due to the changing landscape, uh, you know, that Wonder Woman was back, you know, where in the slot that it needed to be. She pretty much made it seem like June – is where the movie always needed to to go back to, and it's a cop out. I mean, that's that's really all there is to it. There's the changing landscape. What does that What does that mean? Uh, you know, honestly, what's going on that you have to delay a movie six months? Um, you know, are you? I mean, because honestly, this movie should probably wrap filming uh, the early part of 2019. I would say, you know, in January, February, March, maybe. I mean, so you're looking at a whole year or more of of post. Um, I, I just don't – I really don't understand their their logic behind it. I mean, I really feel like there's going to be some changes, and they're just being mum about it. Or if they're backing off, like you said, or, you know, like we said about Frozen. I mean, Warner Brothers has got to stop being reactionary to uh, to Disney. I mean, stand your ground and put these movies out. Um, now, I know a lot of people have said, like, Aquaman needs to move, and I do agree with that because it's, it's crowded. Yeah. But I think Wonder Woman would have been fine where it was at. Um, I, I just I, I just don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on with uh, with, with DC. Uh, I don't really get the, the move. 
Uh, I, I just wish that they kind of came out and, and said, hey, we're, we're behind schedule or we want to add some more stuff or it's going to be, you know, something other than, oh, we always wanted it to be in June or, or we, want it, we want it to be in June because that's Wonder Woman's month. I mean, no, that month had nothing to do with the success. It was the movie yeah. itself, and it would have killed in November. It would it would have been huge. Yeah, yeah. and if and you always say, wanted it in June, then you it should be coming out June of 2019. Like, you knew it was a huge success when it came out last year in June, um, and, like, I, I don't understand what, like, obviously they fast-tracked a sequel. I don't, I can't imagine that it would take you two years to be able to do this. Now, I know that Gold Gadot had, you know, to make her appearance in the Justice League movie, and that underwent reshoots, and that could that could put a delay on things, and I get that, but like, I don't think, I, I don't think it's an, it would have been impossible, uh, nor detrimental for them to be targeting a June release of 2019. So, yeah, none of that none of that stacks up to me. I'm with you on this, Kane, and then I think you, Jawan, like, it, it's it's the the reasoning is erroneous at best, and it's it, like it would have done just fine in November. Like uh, the, pretty much everything y'all said, and you know to have that movie playing at Christmas. Yes, there's obviously Star Wars is going to be king um, as, as far as you know that that time is concerned. But Wonder Woman's going to do really well too. There's a at least a large portion of people. I'm going to go see Wonder Woman um, over Star Wars, and even those who aren't, like, Star Wars is going to be sold out, and if Star Wars is sold out, like, you're going to be like, what? well, what What else do you want to see? I want to see Wonder Woman. Like, so, it's that, to me, that's obvious. But anyway, go ahead, Juan. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> the biggest reason why we know it's a load of crap is uh, you've been shooting for months. So, now you decide, you know what, nah, I think June is, is better off. Wouldn't that have been something you decided, like, before you started shooting? Why, why would you change it now? Like, nothing changed as far as, like, you know, the when she's saying the changing of the landscape, I think that's the biggest thing that confuses me. What's, what changed? <laughs> what changed in, in the household uh, that now it's like, well, it's a change of the landscape, so now we need to move it uh, to a time where it fits better. Like, to me, that doesn't make sense. I agree with you, Nate cornering Christmas would have been huge for them, um, especially because families are look like a lot of a lot of people assume because it's around Christmas, people are like, nah, we're not going to the movies. That's false. Uh, a lot of people choose to go to the movies around that time. Why? Because your kids aren't in school, so you can go as a huge family. Um, and I feel as though that would have been a movie that a lot of families would have been like, yeah, let's let's go see it. That's why I can't to your point about... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, real quick, and... Like, with the the very mixed reviews, um, like, fan uh, reviews of The Last Jedi, like, I, I don't think any of those people, and, and, and Kanan, I know you were one of, the, one of the people who, you know, didn't like The Last Jedi, um, and, and you had said, like, you're still going to go see um, uh, Episode 9. Uh, of course, right. because, I mean, you, I mean, you're a Star Wars fan. Of course, you're going to want to see how it ends. But, like, here's the thing. Like, if with, – with that being uh, something that is, you know, obviously uh, in the air, up in the air, as far as uh, 
how episode nine fares and how it follows up to episode eight and all that stuff, like you would think that you would want to, that would be your time to shine. That would be your time to compete uh, with, with star Wars with arguably um, in, in my opinion, but arguably your best uh, solo movie or you're just your best movie uh, to come out today, having a sequel um, in in your superhero universe, like that would to me would be like that. We want to we want the challenge. We want to compete with Star Wars. We're gonna come out a little bit before them, and obviously we're gonna make our money early. Uh, but then you know, come Christmas time, we think that we can stack up because there's a lot of people out there who have kind of a sour taste in their mouth as far as Star Wars, uh, and you know, there's a lot of people out there who loved Wonder Woman and we think that we can compete with them. It would have, it, to me, it would have shown um, a, like a, a sign of strength from Warner Brothers, whereas, you know, them moving it almost just spells out the opposite. Yeah. The only thing I could think of, the only thing I could yeah, think yeah. of is that Warner Brothers said, okay, we've got, we're, we 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 haven't had any movies come out in 2018. We're gonna have one movie, and it's gonna be Aquaman at the end of the year. We've already got two movies coming out in 2019. They would have had three, so maybe they felt like we can get by with the Joker and Shazam, and that'll give us two movies in 2020. We'll have Birds of Prey, and we'll have Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, maybe they're wanting you know that to be a like an all female lineup. I mean, I could see. Then maybe you know moving it um, for those reasons, um, which is fine. Just but, say that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, but Ga- yeah, Gal really just kind of has everybody scratching their heads because of the whole chan- changing landscape uh, right. comment. Like, what does that mean? Are you mm-hmm. trying to say that Warner Brothers and DC are going in another direction? Are you trying to say that uh, we are about to see some kind of reboot? Um, I think that's where everybody kind of like started popping off and getting those crazy, um, uh, you know, theories that Wonder Woman is going to be the flashpoint of of DC and everything. I mean, they've been hinting at soft reboots, um, you know, and I where I don't think Wonder Woman is going to be flashpoint. That's stupid. I don't know why anybody would think that. But I could see them if they're going in a new direction with a Batman and possibly Superman. I could I could see them changing some things up um, a little bit. You know, in the other movies, they've established that Steve Trevor was dead. Uh, this movie obviously changes that, um, and maybe they're going to go in and change that. Maybe all that stuff didn't happen, and this is kind of be kind of a altering the timeline, so to speak. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. DC's marketing is terrible. When DC Daily was supposed to fix all this, it has done nothing. DC Daily has done nothing to to quell these rumors. So I give DC Daily a big fat F uh, for their for their first run. They they've not come out and and really answered any questions. So, well, the the biggest issue with what you're with what you were just just saying there is the with the whole. Um, changing of the landscape, and maybe that's possibly why, uh, one of the reasons why they might want to, you know, push it back. Big issue with that is they're still filming. So it's like you didn't have to push anything back. I mean, you weren't going to have Bruce and Clark be these huge uh, plot points of the story. There would have been a cameo. 
you could have still done that because you're still filming. So it's like you having to do reshoots or re-editing of anything still doesn't make sense in you postponing it because, one, the movie wasn't coming out till next year, November of next year, and, two, you're still shooting. So you have time to do any of those changes. Um, but, but to your point, um, if that's what they were trying to do is reintroduce a new Batman and a new Clark, I could see an in-credit scene of Diana walking into uh, the Wayne Manor that's now supposed to be the Justice League headquarters and um, kind of saying, like, we found some more heroes out there. Uh, you know, and then Diana's saying that to a, you know, you just, the camera's on her and she's saying that. And then out of the shadows steps our new Clark and our new uh, Bruce Wayne. I could see that, but you could add that in now. Like, that, that, that does not change the, the release date. So to me, and I agree with you, DC Daily is failing terribly, but the biggest reason why it's failing terribly is um, you have a service that is supposed to enlighten your your fan base, but all it is, and I get why, before everyone starts cracking on me, you're not honest enough about your your um, what you have. So by that I mean DC Daily is just pretty much saying how great DC is and everything like that, but it's not right now. It really isn't. Um, and you kind of need uh, like something like a sports center for geeks, which is what we're trying to do, which is where you obviously have people talking about the great things that's happening with DC, like their shows, their animated movies, their comics. Um, but you also need someone to shed light on how confusing their movie universe is. Um, and until you do that, people don't want to hear everything's fine, but then they see your movies, and it's not. Um, so watching DC Daily, it's like you're not giving me news, that's one, and two, you're sugarcoating everything. So, I mean, as long as that continues to be the recipe for DC Daily, I don't think you're really going to ever get people who are huge fans of it because it's like you're telling me everything's great and then I watch it and then, boom, you're moving back a movie that I was really excited to see next year. So just a lot about that doesn't make sense. But to add something else that does not make sense in the DC universe, um, we got a, I guess, news from Chris McKay, the director or the supposed director of the solo Nightwing film. We got news from him saying, don't give up hope on the movie being made. Um, Chris McKay, I don't know what to tell you, but we we give up hope, mainly because it's like we don't have a Batman movie, and you're trying to tell us don't give up hope, you'll have a Nightwing movie. Well, I'm going to be really yeah. mad. Yeah. I'm going to be really mad if you give us a Nightwing movie before a Batman movie. So I don't think that's helping the. I don't think that's helping the cause. You telling us, relax, it could still happen. Sure, I guess Ben could still be Batman. A lot of things are a possibility in this mixed-up world. But Kanan, I'm going to go to you. Do you lose hope <laughs> with Chris McKay, or do you still think uh, Nightwing <laughs> is in the plans? Uh, it just won't be right now. I honestly don't think Nightwing is in any immediate plans. In fact, he he was, you know, when he first came out with it, there was a Nightwing Twitter page that was active. He had Nightwing all over his Twitter, his own Twitter page. And as soon as it came out that uh, Hamada had taken over and there were going to be some changes, uh, primarily the change was, they were not going to go forward with any Bat Family movies until Matt Reeves established his Batman. 
yet we have all this talk about Batgirl. Um, so that makes me think that they're not going to move forward with Nightwing. If there, if Nightwing was something that was in the cards, we would hear more about it. I just honestly think that they're going to have their Nightwing on the DC Universe streaming app. You're going to – Brenton Thwaites is your Nightwing. Get used to it, people. I think they're going to see what the – and this is a good thing because this is a way to gauge audience uh, their interest in that character. And if they see that there's an overwhelming response to the character, then I think you're going to um, – uh, I think that then they may push for a movie. Uh, the reason why you're getting the Batgirl film is because there's this, you know, huge uh, uh, female-led superhero, uh, you know, thing going on right now, which you know is Wonder Woman, you know, Harley Quinn, uh, the whole Birds of Prey movie, then you know, possible Black Widow film, and then you've got uh, you know Batgirl. So I think they will. And even Supergirl. So I think you will push uh, Batgirl. But no, I, McKay kind of came out of hibernation. Uh, he made that tweet, but he didn't really have anything else behind it. I think he's just saying, don't lose hope. It may still happen. Well, you know, James Mangold was supposed to be working on a Boba Fett movie, and look what happened with that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And my biggest issue is he's saying, don't lose hope. He lost hope because in his header, Back um, when the news first broke that he was directing the movie, in his header it said director of upcoming Nightwing film. Then, yep. very quickly, it no longer says that. So it's like, okay, that's a little weird. So, I, I mean, I get it. He wants to make the movie. He's excited about the movie. It's not happening. I'm sorry. It, it's not going to happen. DC looks like they have no idea what they want to do past. Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman 84. Outside of that, I think they have no idea what they want to do going forward uh, besides those movies. Actually, I'm lying. I think they do. I think after after uh, Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman 84, they want Aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 and Wonder Woman 3. I think outside <laughs> of that, they're not really focusing on anything else. Uh, but, Nick, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you believe in a Nightwing movie is still going to happen? Or do you have you lost faith in not only Warner Brothers properly structuring a timeline, but the idea of they're focusing on any characters outside of the three movies that they have coming out? All of the above. <laughs> um, and uh, if if to 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 kind of nail the point home that you just made, it's like they you know obviously we covered last week that uh, The Flash is, like, on the back burner yet again. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, I was one of the big proponents of a Nightwing Nightwing movie early on. Um, I felt like the fact that they had set up a universe in which Bruce was already an established Batman, and it made so much sense following... Um, you, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, um, you know, 
it's fresh in our minds, the formation of Batman. We don't need to see that again. So it's like, let's go ahead and have like a, a slightly older, established Bruce. And it brought so much potential because you didn't have to have Dick Grayson um, like discovered and then become Robin and then become Nightwing. Like he could just already be Nightwing. Jason Todd is already dead. So he could already like Red Hood could just show up. Um, and there was so much potential um, that BVS gave us. Um, and as I'm sure, I know y'all know, and, and most of our viewers probably know, I was not a big fan of BVS, but I did think it did a really good job of world building. Um, and I thought that that was going to be one of the really cool things that we could see. My, like my um, vision for Nightwing was always Nightwing, Rise of Titans. And like that's basically what they're doing now on their streaming service with their with their TV show. I just wanted to see it in a movie and have it be a movie about Nightwing and and then like have it tie in the formation, uh, uh, the foundation, if you will, of of the Titans and him as their leader and all of that. Uh, and and they're I don't think they're going to do any of that at all. I think. That's probably a big reason why we're actually getting Titans uh, in in the streaming format because they felt like this is a better way for us to go. And you know what? That's fine. I get that. I just wish there was, like, some kind of connection. Like, if that's the way they wanted to go, even if it was as light as the connection between the Marvel Netflix universe and the MCU, like, that like if you're going to go that direction then fucking go that direction and like make it a point that like they're connected somehow um but no i don't think we're going to get a nightwing movie which sucks because i would love to see a nightwing movie especially like i said with everything that bvs set up um it just made so much sense for nightwing to you know be a big player in this universe, but unfortunately I just don't, I don't see it. I don't think we're going to get it. Yeah. And I mean, Warner brothers has shown they don't really have much interest in connecting their movies to anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's a formula they plan on changing. Um, nope. mainly because it would have made more sense if they went, I mean, let me not say that. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. It would have made more sense. I'm sorry. Um, and everyone got upset when Grant Gustin wasn't the movie Flash. But if you watch the show, I don't think Grant could have could have done this darker, uh, could have been put in this darker universe. Um, Ezra fits right. because he's being and, he's playing the the lovable like he's playing uh, DC's version of what Tom Holland is. So where he's coming in doesn't right. really gauge how serious the, the situation is, so he's joking you know, having, you know, just enjoying being with other superheroes. So you put Grant in there, there's nothing about Grant's, like, personality that I think would have fit in the universe right. Zach was building. Well, That's why I said hindsight, Zach's casting was so freaking spot on with everybody. Everyone down the line was so spot on um, because you didn't have these larger-than-life actors outside of Ben. Um, you had everyone who fit and just loved being there. Um, right. And, each, each well, let me characters just just hit. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kenneth. Well, let me just piggyback off this before we move on. And I know this isn't going to be the most popular uh, comment. You know, not everybody's going to agree with this, but 
guys, whether you loved the movies or you hated them, DC had a more cohesive pattern when Zack Snyder was running uh, the show. You know, yes, his universe sure. is flawed, and people didn't care, and some people didn't care for it. But man, I know of people that walked out of Justice League and were like, "This movie would have been better if Snyder had done it." Like, where was Snyder? Like, I, you know, they people even said, "Oh my God, I love." Thinking back after watching Justice League, like I liked Batman v Superman better. I love Man of Steel. Suicide Squad wasn't that bad. I loved Wonder Woman. All of this stuff was because of Snyder. And now that he, and yeah, he's gonna, and yeah, Snyder's gonna have his name thrown in on movies as producer because he brought in these characters. But he's not going to have anything to do with these films. I have a lot of hope with uh, Aquaman because of Juan and how good he is. But, I mean, there was more consistency with uh, Snyder involved. And I just feel like I, – I wish DC would have just been like, you know what, we're going to sink or swim with this guy. If these movies do great, they do great. If they bomb, they bomb. They should have just let him plan out his his universe. And then you just start over. You just, you know, you do whatever. I mean, no one said that this had to be a 10-year-in-the-making universe like Marvel because DC doesn't have to be like Marvel. You could have just gave us what everybody wants to see. We want to see Darkseid. We want to see The Flash. We want to see these characters. You could have gave it to us. And if they didn't work, then then they didn't work for some people. And then you move on and you make more movies, just like they did with Superman Returns. It didn't work. So you know what they did? They did Man of Steel. You know, that's just how it's going to be. Once Avengers 4 comes out, we're going to get a whole new MCU. It's not going to be the same stuff. All the stuff we've grown and loved for the last 10 years is about to change. The whole atmosphere is about to become a whole different uh, – the whole landscape is about to change. You're about to see mutants and Fantastic Four, and it's just going to be a whole lot uh, different stuff. You're not going to have Chris Evans. You're not going to have Robert Downey Jr. It's going to change, and that's okay. Because as fans, we're going to keep coming back for more and more. And that's how DC should have looked at it. They shouldn't have just shit their drawers and been like, oh, my God, guys, uh, Zack Snyder's getting a bad rap. I mean, the first four movies that came out under Snyder did over $4 billion. There's no way in hell WB should be shitting in their pants thinking this was a failure. It wasn't a failure. When you come out – no, I'm just I saying, say, dude, that the popularity is there. When you have Captain Marvel come out and it doesn't trend, but you have uh, somebody come out and say Henry Cavill's out as Superman and it trends all day long on Twitter, dude, that is the power of the universe that DC and Snyder set up. I mean, like I said, not everybody's going to agree with me. People are going to be like, whatever, dude. But that's the truth, man. You don't have to no. agree with it. But you have to see that there's a movement, and yeah, there's a lot of whack jobs out there. Like, for real, people, don't be calling Warner Brothers trying to get the Snyder Cut. Don't be doing that. But there is a movement out there of people that are in love with these movies and and this universe. And Warner Brothers should have just ride or die, man. I'm not going to disagree with you. Real quick, Nick, and now I'm going to pass it to you. I don't necessarily disagree with you, Shannon, on um, I thought Snyder was building something that was that was really going to blossom if they had just given him the freedom to do it. My biggest issue was all of his movies made money, yes, but Warner Brothers' issue was not money all over these movies. Like, no one was giving them positive reviews 
And if you're Warner Brothers, you're like, all right, cool, like people are paying money to go see it, but what about when the next film comes out and people have already said the last one was horrible and then one before that and then maybe the, possibly the next one. So they were like, we need, new, we, need, we need a new course so people can actually spend money and enjoy what they're spending money on. Um, and how did I'm that work in, out for I, them after? How did that work out for them after Wonder Woman got rave reviews and the critics went into Justice League and shit all over it? It doesn't matter no, about critics, I, man. I agree. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, um, I agree with you. I enjoyed uh, BVS for exactly what it was. Um, I enjoyed Man of Steel. I still think that's one of the best Superman movies. Um, I enjoyed. Um, uh, trying to think of what else he did. Anyway, besides the point, what I'm saying is, I'm with you on. I would have went sinker, uh, sinker swim with Snyder just to see how everything panned out. Uh, one of his original ideas was to make Justice League. Uh, I know you remember this, Canon, a part one, part two. Um, so part one would come out uh, the end of the year, and then I think sometime the the year after, like maybe later in like November or something, the part two would come out and he was going to incorporate Darkseid into it. And then Warner Brothers was like, no, 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 no. That's not happening. You're going to give us one movie. And then when he got when it got time for him to make Justice League, um, we know what happened, why he couldn't finish it. Um, everyone kept saying, he, he told them, no, don't put the movie on hold. Just go, go, you know, do it without me. I really don't believe that. Even if Zach came out right now and said that, I still wouldn't believe it. He had a very specific vision. I mean, this is the guy who was telling us his idea was to kill Ben's Batman off. So he had a very specific vision for what he wanted, and Warner Brothers were like, no, 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 no. You've already started. We got to fast track this. And I think that's why they continued to make that movie. I do not think Zach gave his blessing to that. I will never think that, but Nick, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No worries. Uh, I, I was just going to say, like, ultimately, I agree with what Kanan says. Um, I don't agree with either of you that it would have blossomed or it would have ended up, like, canning out. Um, but nevertheless, I feel like, you know, you you made your bed, now you lie in it. Like, I don't think it was ever a really good idea to give Snyder the reins to your um, to your universe. Um very uh, visually um, adept director, um, but as far as, like, story, it's always been lacking. I mean, you just go watch Sucker Punch, and, yeah, I mean, you'll see what I mean. Um, but nevertheless, that's, the, that's where you went with it. Um, I thought Man of Steel was serviceable. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was definitely probably my, like my third favorite Superman movie behind the first and the second, the original first and second. Um, you know, I mean, it was definitely better than, uh, than Superman returns. Um, and you know, I think that's, that's kind of where, that's where you put your faith and you should like just go with it. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that um, that uh, Justice League would have been better had we gotten the you know original intent from Snyder, um, but I I don't think it would have been worse um, than what we got out of Justice League. I don't think it would have made any less money, um, especially when you when you 
take into account all of the reshoots they had to do and the millions and millions of dollars that they threw into that, um, I don't think it would have fared any worse with critical acclaim. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, with all of those things uh, considered, I, I mean, I agree with Kanan in the sense of they should have let Snyder at least finish out like the phase quote unquote phase one of this universe. Um, and then, you know, if they wanted to go a different direction after that or reboot it or whatever, they could have done that. Um, but yeah, ride or die with Snyder at that point, in my opinion, even though I don't think it would have gotten better. I don't, I don't, I just, I've got a lot of, um, issues with the way that Zack Snyder approaches filmmaking, um, as far as story. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he's incapable of making a really good film. And it, you know, doesn't mean that, um, you know, it, it, with the backlash of BVS that he wouldn't have learned something from that and been able to, to, you know, hone in on his craft and get better, uh, with the, the films that he made thereafter. Um, so, you know, I, Though I, I disagree on a lot of points with Tainan, I agree with him in the sense they should have stuck with Zack Snyder. Well, I, the, the way I look at it, Nick, is um, <clears throat> the reason why I was okay with it. Um, and, and no, the reason why I think the movie would have been different is because I watch Justice League and I see two different points of view being taken. I see what Zack wanted to do and I see what Josh Whedon ended up doing. Um, yeah. it, just, it feels like two separate arcs in one movie. Um, a lot of the plot points for how Whedon wanted Superman differed from how Zack had had Superman. Um, Batman. Which I like. Uh, I liked that yeah, aspect sorry. of it. No, no, no. no, no. I'm, just I'm saying, not saying I, anything I, was I liked, yeah, I'm not saying Superman was, was probably my favorite part of the Justice League movie, but it still, like, definitely felt shoehorned and slightly out of place. Um, like, yeah. it works as far as the movie it doesn't work as far as the universe and, you know, you had already given the go ahead for Snyder to set up this universe. So it's like, um, now you're, now you're backing out on it and now everything does feel weirdly juxtaposed. Like Kanan was saying, like, um, at, at the very least, if you had stuck with Snyder, you would have the consistency of the universe that he set up. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't have any issues with uh, Wheaton's take on Superman. Uh, I was I was with you guys on on enjoying the the feel that he gave us from that Superman. What I'm saying is, I always felt like it was two different arts in one movie. Um, right. So just letting Zach do a full movie, um, you would have either gotten the same response that it got, money wise, critics wise, or it would have been. Uh, I think it could have been better if his full plan for that that specific movie completely played out. Completely played out um, because although critics were not high on it, I do not think they were as low on it as they were with BVS. Um, So obviously there were points of that movie that they did think were good. Um, Probably the Joss Whedon points, though. Might have been. I mean, it, it very well could have been. So to me, you either should have had Whedon do the full thing or Snyder do the full thing. Um, or you, you could have just had Whedon in your back pocket to take over if 
the Snyderverse didn't pan out the way you wanted it to. Like that would have been a much better um, way to go about things. And then just no be doubt. like, you did really well with Avengers, and you did okay with Avengers too. Like you know how to juggle characters. Like you're our plan B for if the Snyderverse doesn't work out, and we're just gonna like like do the Whedon verse after that, um, and let you like construct a, a, a film universe and, and go from there. Um, but yeah, the fact that they like just shoehorned Whedon in to try and fix, quote unquote, fix what they didn't like about Snyder's version of uh, of uh, Justice League, it, it it never really made a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and I mean, I I think I agree with Shane in in, in the aspect of I I wasn't against how Zack Snyder was building uh, this universe. I thought it was unique. I thought it was bold. Mainly because superhero movies was around that bold time and were unique. Man of Steel. I just didn't think it was good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm not putting words in your mouth whatsoever. I was just saying I agreed with Kanan on that aspect that I yeah. thought um, that I thought his world building um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed what he was building in that universe only because it was drastically different than all the Marvel movies I had been seeing. Right. Um, so it wasn't the same feel of oh everything's rosy, everyone's high fiving, having a good time. Like it was very dark, like <laughs> like super dark, um, and I thought those DC characters um, needed to be dark. Uh, obviously not overly dark, uh, but I did think we needed a darker thing. Like, to me, you couldn't have Batman movies that felt fun and, and stuff. Like, to me, my Batman has always been a darker a, a darker take. That's what right. I've I always think, wanted I think he, I think he lost it, uh, like, as far as, like, making Superman dark and gritty, I don't think was right. ever the way to go. But right. you had already done it, so you should have stuck with it. You know? Yes, and I mean, we I think we all agree it was really ballsy of him to decide to do Death of Superman so early on. I mean, I just saw him, and I'm not sure if you saw it, Nick Cannon. I know it's been all over Twitter. Uh, someone asking him, like, dirt moved on the casket. Like, was there supposed to be a deeper meaning to that or a bigger meaning to that? And he was like, so much more. Because it, it was a contradiction. You had the dirt move, but then they had to bring him back to life through the the mother box. Wasn't he already alive if the dirt was moving? So it was just like it was conflicting <laughs> ideas on what they wanted to do with Superman going forward. Um, I I wholeheartedly believe Zach wanted black suit, long hair, come back as as a villain somewhat um, in Justice League, fight the Justice League, and then have it end. Um, with whether, you know, him having an interaction with Darkseid or whatever. I do think he had a different take to what he wanted to do with Superman because, obviously, it's the difference between how BVS ended and then how Superman came back to life in Justice League. Um, So, I mean, that was one of the biggest issues I had because it was like, it made no sense. The dirt move, wasn't wasn't that symbolic to him being alive? but you had to bring him back to life like that. <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. Um, Kanan, I, I want to ask you before we move on and get into our Marvel topic, uh, feel about Zach saying that the dirt on the, the grave meant so much more, but it meant nothing come Justice League. Like, what were your thoughts for that? I'm going to ask you too, Nick, uh, before we move on. But what were your thoughts on that, Kanan? I mean, I, I think they're – 
I think there would have been a lot more that we would have gotten out of his Superman uh, had we seen uh, his version of uh, Justice League. I, I think you're right. I think Superman was going to come back um, and kind of be a uh, temporary disciple, so to speak, uh, of Darkseid. Um, I don't think it would have been. Uh, I don't think it would have been. Um, very long. I think it, a lot of what we saw in the uh, in the movie, I think a lot of that would have probably been part of that. Um, but you know, Snyder has uh, a lot of the movie. Snyder has like no clue that was in there because it wasn't part of his vision. So if you follow him, you can see that he's like, "No, this is what I did. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know why that was added." Uh, so I think there was a lot more uh, meaning. I think we would have definitely seen. Um, I don't know so much the long hair Superman, but we know that the black suit was in the movie because they showed it in the uh, in the cut scene. Um, but I just think this movie would have taken a much different turn. In fact, uh, Steppenwolf wasn't even going to look like that. He was going to look like he did at the end of BVS. He was going to be a much more menacing character as Snyder's come out and said that Warner Brothers said that was too scary. It was too dark. Uh, so they didn't approve of it, so they went and changed it. Um, I think Superman, uh, and I don't know if this was Whedon's idea or maybe Cavill's, because Cavill's kind of come out and said that he wanted his Superman to be more, you know, light and kind of be the Superman from the comics. Um, but yeah, I think his Superman was going to be kind of, you know, that more dark, evil type character at first, and then we would see him blossom into uh, the Superman that he was in. Uh, and Justice League, the problem is we just didn't really get a chance to grow into that. It kind of was like he comes back to life, and all of a sudden he's uh, making jokes and smiling and all kinds of other stuff. And we were just like, where's the buildup for this? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, it was it was contrasting. And <laughs> I think that was my biggest issue on that because it was like – I think Henry Cavill was really excited to do the long hair, uh, you know – seemingly darker Superman uh, that then turns lighter, obviously, as he kind of sheds all that from coming back to life. And I think the perfect way to have ended that, I mean, we speculated on this uh, before Justice League came out. Um, The way I wanted that movie to end was to where um, you have the Justice League searching for these mother boxes, fighting the parademons or whatever, and it ends with them facing Superman, but like, right when they feel as though they got Superman down, they could try to do whatever to, to get him out of that funk, uh, a boom tube opens, and he disappears. Um, and then that's it. And then the end credit scene is you see him, like, land, and then you just see Darkseid walk up and, you know, walk up to him, and then it says something, and then it goes to black. And then in part two, you see them, you know, trying to get Superman back. Like, I just wanted to see a, a long game for that. And I don't think Justice League set up a long game. Uh, we got no sight or anything uh, of, of Darkseid. Um, so it's just like, to me, it was no proper, like, setup for anything going forward with Justice League. So, but, Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I see it the same way. I don't think there was any, any kind of plan for a long game at that point. They just wanted to try to course correct to make the movie um, more... I don't know, more viable to general movie-going audiences and critics at the like risk of alienating the, the 
um, like hardcore supporters that you have built up uh, since Men of Steel. Um, like, I mean, take Kanan. Like, I mean, um, I like I have no doubt in my mind that like Kanan um, would have been uh, one of a ton, one of so many people who would have supported um, Snyder's version of, um, you know, this film and the fact that, you know, they uh, were basically like, well, we, we, you know, think we can keep enough of these, like, hardcore fans um, and, and branch out. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost political in a sense. Like, you know, um, we're going to turn our back on our base but we think we'll be able to like keep the majority of them and and be able to like bring in new people. Well, that only works if you put forth a film that like a lot of the new people like and you didn't. So, um, I you know I just think that uh, ultimately they they made the wrong decision. Yeah. No, I mean, and it. I I just feel like DC never had a plan about a long game. Um, no. And it just shows. And until they have a plan for a long game, these short-term one-offs, well, not one-offs, but these short-term solo movies, like, yeah, they're going to, you know, it seems like they're going to be good. We're going to enjoy them. But to me, they're part of a universe. At some mm-hmm. point, you have to kind of connect it and have the universe, the universe come together. Like, picture if we just got Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, uh, like all these solo movies, and we had one Avengers movie. Like, people would be like, all right, so, you know, we would like another one. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. the Marvel Universe only gave us one Avengers film. We would be losing our minds because it's like they're part of a universe. We want to see the universe come together. And if right. you keep avoiding that, you're going to drive us crazy. <laughs> so, so, I mean, DC just has to work on that. Come on, guys. Um, did you guys have anything else to add before we move on to Marvel? Nope. Nope. All right, so before we move on to Marvel, Nick, I'll go to you from a word from our sponsor. Indeed, man. Uh, guys, do you have trouble getting in the mood or perhaps just with stamina? Then try Blue Chew, the new revolutionary way to reinvigorate your sex life. These chewables made from the same ingredients as the leading ED pills will be shipped directly to your door no doctor's appointments, no lines, and most importantly, no awkwardness. And because they're chewable, they work faster and make it all the more easy to take just what you need. I have tried it. It's amazing product. Uh, I, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Uh, it, just, it just does exactly what you want it to do. And like I said, because they're chewables, you can take exactly what you need. You just break off a little bit and you're good to go, uh, go to BlueChew.com and enter the promo code GVN to get a free month's trial today. You just pay shipping, nothing else, and you get a free month's trial. Uh, that's BlueChew.com. Blue is in the color. And then CEU.com. You and your partner deserve the best. Let BlueChew help you get there. Back to you, Juwan. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Nick, and thank you to Blue Chew. All right, let's move on to <clears throat> to some Marvel. Uh, let's talk about Kevin Feige at a, I believe it was a, I want to say a screening for Black Panther for Oscars. 
I believe, um, for their pitch to the Oscars. They were doing, like, a screening for it. Um, a few of the, uh, you know, press there asked him a few questions, and he gave a few answers, uh, which was dope, because Kevin Feige is a guy that really doesn't like to give answers. Um, so one of the few things that he uh, he was talking about was three big bullet points that he was talking about. One of them was Guardian 3 is on hold, which we all know that. That's not surprising. Uh, he was also asked about uh, Namor, to which he said, Namor could show up soon, just don't know when or where. Um, and also, we will be getting a trailer for Avengers 4 before the end of the year. Now, none of what he answered is news. We all knew Avengers 4 trailer uh, was coming before the end of the year because we were told previously that it would. Kevin Feige came out and said, after Infinity War, we would get no news on Avengers 4 till after Captain Marvel's trailer. Uh, we now got that. So it wasn't that hard to put together that we would probably get um, a trailer before the end of the year or at least a name drop of Avengers 4. Now, I am being told, Kanan is, <laughs> Kanan, uh, I think me and you had a conversation about this, but I was being told that the trailer will drop in two points, at, at two different dates. Uh, one would be, one would be either that Tuesday uh, of next month, uh, around like I want to say the twenty third, I think it is, um, that Tuesday, or I'm being told it will be uh, shown during halftime or somewhere around Thanksgiving of football uh, of Thursday night or whenever Thanksgiving is. It would be during either football or that Tuesday on like Good Morning America. Um, we know Marvel. Marvel's biggest points for showing trailers are either just dropping it or during Jimmy Kimmel or during Good Morning America. Uh, now that they're part of Disney, it seems to always be on ABC somehow. So, so that is no shocker. Um, but I'm being told those two uh, dates are when you can be looking for Avengers 4 trailer. Uh, Nick, I'll go to you first. Out of those three plot points that we got, or not plot points, the three bullet points that we got from Kevin Feige's short little Q&A, what stood out to you the most? Oh, man. I mean, everything is, like, pretty much exciting. Um, Like you said, I mean, we we knew most of this stuff, um, you know, going forward. But, I mean, everything's pretty exciting. Honestly, to me, the biggest thing that stood out was um, the the notion that we could get Namor. I've been I've been thinking about it for a while. I think it would be so awesome to get a uh, Black Panther sequel, Black Panther three, um, that that has Namor as, and and the Atlanteans is kind of like the the primary villain um, to that movie, and then you can pivot and have him. Um, you know, start working with the team. But he seems like a character um, that would be perfect for that. Obviously, um, there's plenty of comic book material to pull from uh, to make that work. Uh, and, like, just just the notion of uh, Black Panther having to, like, go up against Namor would be super awesome. Interesting, because I actually think it would work best as the sequel, as, the like, the, the direct sequel to Black Panther 2, I don't think we're going to get it because obviously that movie is already rolling along and I feel like there's already probably something else going on there. 
the reason I think it would work best as the sequel, though, is because, like, just like, say, the Dark Knight trilogy, you had um, Batman versus Ra's al Ghul um, as kind of the main uh, thing in, in the League of Shadows. Um, and then you had the middle uh, with the Joker, which was just, like, had nothing to do with anything that happened in the first one. And then in the third one, you tie it all back together, again, with the League of Shadows and Bane and all that, and, and Tali al Ghul. So, like that formula to me works really well. And I think Namor would be the perfect villain for the second movie. Um, and then you could tie it in with like a traditional black Panther villain in the third movie. Um, but nevertheless, I still think they can make it work. And I think Namor, um, would be just a really interesting character for them to explore. Uh, and you know, like to bring in essentially like a whole different, yeah, they, they're very focused on the cosmic universe and everything, but to bring in, like, a new Earth uh, a group of people uh, would be super interesting and just kind of expand on that world even further, uh, and I think it would be super cool to have uh, that character tied into Black Panther. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The biggest reason why I'm excited for the idea of Namor is because, <clears throat> excuse me, we, um, I feel like Marvel's gone everywhere but uh, underwater. Um, right. So, yes. I mean, just to see how Only beautiful Marvel Only 5% of the ocean has been explored. Let, let's get after it, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and just to, like, think about how beautiful Asgard looked for the first time. And then progressively yes. how good it looked going forward. How beautiful Wakanda looked. How beautiful Guardians made space look. Um, so it's like I have complete faith that they can make underwater, like, seem, like, so insane. Um, you know, so I'm excited for the idea of that. But my biggest thing is um, finding a place for him. Because, I mean, there's two, there's two places you could uh, throw in Namor. Fantastic Four, Black Panther. So there's two spots where you can make it work. Um, it's just a matter of Marvel always finds the best point to throw in characters like that. Like, think of, like, looking back, the way they added in Spider-Man and Black Panther, like, it was just so perfect. Like, and it, 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 they didn't have to drastically change anything to make them fit. Like, they were part of the story. It didn't just feel like a throw-in. Um, so I thought that was just perfect. So Namor could definitely be something that worked. I mean, they have this act now, Nick, with um, how, uh, you know, you can't be a superhero without registering, right? So right. what happens well, then when the government finds that there's a whole world <laughs> underwater? Absolutely. They're going to want to govern that, too. And then they the could have T'Challa. And that's a great... They could have T'Challa, who seems like um, he is one with the government now, uh, be the guy that they send to go put Namor in check or to find or, out what's going on. Or, yeah, like you previously to. mentioned, like, that's a great setup. That is, like, an awesome setup for the, the world that they've built. And... If you don't want to do Black Panther as a, you can you can definitely do Fantastic Four, and that's a great idea. And I think that might even work better because, like, essentially with your Fantastic Four trilogy, um, and maybe you have more than just three movies because it's a team, and there's probably more you can explore with that property um, as far as villains than a, a lot of properties. Same with X Men, um, but maybe for your trilogy or your first trilogy. Um, you know, you could have Doctor Doom, 
and Mole Man kind of be the forefront of your first movie, I think probably kill off Mole Man, but Doctor Doom is obviously still there. Then you tackle um, this 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 basically what you were saying as far as the um, the uh, Sokovia Accords and how like those would like the government would want to then apply those to this um, uh, this underwater civilization um, and and keep them in check. And you could have Reed Richards and company kind of spearhead that, um, and and that could be the focus. Basically, the Fantastic Four versus Namor for the sequel, and it still fits that that sort of um, one two one scenario where where both the first and third movie tie in to the same basic arc, and the second one is like an offshoot, if you will. Um, and you know, the third movie, third Fantastic Four movie, could obviously bring back in Doctor Doom. Uh, as a as a viable villain, uh, the, the, there's a lot of possibilities with it, but I actually think I might like that even better than Robin and Black Panther. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, like I was saying, there's, there's just so many different ways Kevin Feige can do this, and if he's yeah. serious about these worlds not really having to rely on each other, it's going to be interesting to see how solo these solo movies are going forward. Um, but uh, Kanan. What are your what are, what out of the three things stood out to you the most? Um, I mean, as far as the Guardians talk, the trailer or Namor, I mean, I would say the Namor stuff probably because we already knew the Guardians uh, were on hold. Uh, we all kind of figured that we would be getting uh, an Avengers trailer. I think the Namor stuff because they've they've acted in the past like Namor was. Uh, the Holy Grail surrounded by kryptonite because of its ties to Universal. And we know how Universal is with um, the Hulk at the moment. So, you know, what would make uh, anybody think that they would just willy-nilly give up um, uh, Namor? I think Namor would be huge. I I think a lot of people would love to see him come to um, the big screen I just don't know that that's really where they're going in um, in this next phase uh, because they are going uh, based on rumors and reports they are going very cosmic with the uh, the Eternals. Um, you know, the, I'm sure they'll find a way to introduce the Fantastic Four. Um, you can even, in some ways, uh, incorporate uh, the X Men. But I think you're going to get a heavy dose of of space, which I mean, honestly, we've already gotten a heavy dose of space. Uh, already, I mean, most of the films are very uh, cosmic, but they, there's also the whole quantum realm thing. I just don't know where Namor would fit um, at this time, um, but that is something they could probably look at, you know, in, in the future. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. There's so many different ways you could you could add him in, and I kind of agree with you guys. The biggest news would be Namor, uh, mainly because everything else we kind of just knew already or assumed, like the trailer and then um, Guardians 3 being on hold. But my question to you, and I'm going to go to you first, when this Avengers trailer does drop, what are you expecting to see from it? Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, not a whole lot. I don't expect a whole lot from, like, plot points. Um, I expect you'll see, like, a couple – um, 
really good jokes. Um, you'll see the characters that were left standing after Infinity War, and you'll see somewhat of a formation of of what they're trying to do to, um, uh, I guess, prevent what has already happened with Thanos in some form or fashion. Um, that would be my guess. I think it'll be Thanos-driven um, as far as the, the, the dialogue that goes on with them. Um, I, you know, honestly, I would hope... I, I, I've got kind of a notion for what they should do, and um, interestingly enough, uh, Alien Covenant did a little bit of this. They dropped uh, some, some trailers that were actually like set-up pieces for the movie, uh, Blade Runner 2049 did this as well. Um, and they dropped these, like, set-up trailers for the movie, and they were, like, uh, almost like the, the, the one-offs that uh, Marvel used to do. Um, I would honestly like that. Like, I would just like a... Um, like, show me, like, a three-minute scene of Tony and Nebula on Titan figuring out a way to get the fuck off of Titan and, like have that, like, set up your movie. I mean, I feel like your characters are so... Um, you have enough characters in different parts of your world right now that you could do something like that, and then you could do something where, say, Thor and Captain America, um, you know, essentially... And, uh, um, oh, shit, I forget her name. Uh, Michonne off of uh, The Walking Dead. Like, her character is still there. Okoye. Thank you. Um, those characters interact, um, and maybe like, uh, yeah, obviously Scarjo is still there, um, and maybe you could have like a little Hawkeye thing to see where Hawkeye is, because um, we didn't get to see him, Ant Man, and the Wasp. There's there's a lot you could do. That to me would be the coolest because like let's just take a look at what we got from uh, Infinity War and the fact that. Like, we didn't get to see the destruction of, um, oh, shit, what's that planet called? Xandar? Uh, we didn't get to see the destruction of Xandar. Um, it was just, like, established that it happened. Like, how cool would it have been to have seen, like, a two-minute-long trailer, uh, like, one spot, kind of, of just exactly, like, make a quick take on, like, how Xandar ended up, like, basically coughing up the Infinity Stone to um, Thanos. That would have been a super cool promo. Like, I would like to see things like that that we're not going to be able to address in the movie. Do I think we're going to get that? Probably not, but it would be really fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, with this first trailer, only because any bigger than what Infinity War already created. So with this first trailer, I would just like a trailer narrated by Thanos just showing some quick shots of, like you said, who survives, and then have it end with Thanos saying something like, uh, you know, with all this power, who can stop me? And then all you see is just Captain America, uh, not Captain America, I'm sorry. Captain uh, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Uh, just whether it's coming out of the shadows or coming up from something or just like a quick shot of her eyes lighting up. Um, that would that would do it for me. Like I don't need any spectacle scenes or anything crazy like that. Just some quick shots, Thanos narrating, and I'm I'm sold. 
Uh, but Kanan, what are you looking forward to from this Avengers Four trailer? Mm. Uh, what am I looking forward? I don't know, man. I mean, that's it's kind of really hard to say. I mean, I guess I just want to. I, I kind of want to see where they're going with this movie because, from what I've heard, this movie isn't just going to be about Thanos. It's it's going to be kind of setting up the future. Um, you know, it's going to be the end uh, for, you know, some actors. Um, what I don't want to see is any indication of, uh, you know, spoilers. Like, I don't, you know, if somebody died in Infinity War, I don't want to see them in the trailer. I mean, at all. Like, I just, if that's something that's going to happen, I want to see them in, um, you know, in the movie itself. Uh, I would like to kind of just see some shots of maybe them meeting Captain Marvel, uh, you know, maybe some, some stuff between Tony and uh, and Ant-Man, you know, uh, kind of having their little relationship. Just kind of, I, I mean, just kind of a, uh, just kind of see where everybody's at. I mean, I want the trailer to be very brief, uh, but just give us an idea of what's to come, so to speak. Yeah, no, I'm I'm completely with you guys. I mean, the, the biggest issue with me is I don't need to see much. That that's the biggest thing. I don't need to see much. So, um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. But let's let's move on. We got a lot more Marvel news. Uh, apparently, and this came out of nowhere. Hawkeye could be possibly getting his own series. Like that just completely dropped out of nowhere. Kanan, what's going on with that? Uh, it's just a rumor. Um, right now, uh, there's uh. You know, I've, I I think there was some somebody had said that there were some whispers um, in the past of Hawkeye maybe getting his own show. Uh, you know, there may be some talks. Um, you know, now with um, Disney getting their own streaming service. Uh, you know, we know that Loki and Scarlet Witch are going to get their own uh, limited run series. Uh, maybe something like that happens with Hawkeye. Um, but I mean, nothing. Nothing really else has been said about it. Uh, the site that the news came from, uh, you know, they are reliable. But as all things go, you know, take it with a grain of salt because not everybody gets uh, correct information. Um, but I mean, it is it is cool if this if this does happen. I just don't know how. Um, you know, the way they described it is going to be Hawkeye kind of training somebody else. Uh, which in the comics, you know, Kate Bishop, um, you know, was was his protege. Um, I mean, is there a lot of demand for Hawkeye? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, we well, guess we'll we'll find out if that's something that they really are working on. I think there's other stories that we could probably get um, other than Hawkeye. But uh, no, I mean that that that's cool if that's the way they're going. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really give us much information on really what it's going to be, but like you said, it seems like he's training someone, which means I assume he survives Avengers 4, which is dope. Excuse me, but Nick, what are your thoughts on the news, and what do you really imagine that they're going to be doing with Hawkeye from this series and I guess going forward? West Coast Avengers, baby. Like, yes. Like, sign me the fuck up for that. I would love to see West Coast Avengers. Um Bring bring in uh, uh, Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man. 
um, and then fill out the rest of that lineup. I think you could bring in um, uh, uh, Rhodey um, to, to fill out, like, the, the Iron Man role of, of West Coast Avengers and just have it be War Machine. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of reasons why they could set this up as, the, the way to go, both with Thanos and the scrolls and everything else they're setting up. I think that could be super, super cool. Um, like, yeah, that's what I want to see. Um, and it would be, I think, really cool to, um, to somehow tie in, like, um, the death of his family. I wouldn't do it, um, I wouldn't do it, like, in the movies. Honestly, what I would do is I would have him move out west with his family and incorporate that into the show um, so it can be, like, a huge plot point in the show um, and, like, really have him go through, like, a a huge character transformation because he loses his family. Um, I think that would be something super interesting to watch. Of course, you could bring in uh, Mockingbird, um, as as a character in that, um, and 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 the slew of other characters, uh, I I don't know that that would be where I would want it to go, um, and I think it could be really cool if you had, you know, the the main components of the West Coast Avengers, and then anybody else that you want to slide in um, that that would make sense, um, and you know the fact that. They're doing these via the the Disney streaming service, and how it's really really tightly connected to the MCU. Like, you know, maybe that can build up to like a Hawkeye movie, um, or a West Coast Avengers movie, which would be even cooler. Um, so maybe you have a Hawkeye television show. You have that culminate in setting up the West Coast Avengers, and then you have a West Coast Avengers movie, like, that would be super awesome. Yeah, I mean, I desperately want a West Coast Avengers. I told you that. I'm really hyped for the idea of a West Coast Avengers. It is one of those things where it's like, you never know what Marvel's going to do, but then they surprise you and do exactly what you were hoping that they would do. Um, So we might get that show, man, and it's believable for Don Cheadle to, to sign on for the streaming service. For all these guys, yeah, I mean, he, streaming he does that show on Showtime. Like, he's like the main guy. But like, if you're the, if you're like the, like kind of, uh, I mean, what would you say, like one B, or even number two guy on on that show, as far as like building a relationship between Hawkeye and um, and War Machine, like, that would be super cool. That would be something to follow because. Um, they don't have, like, a very established um, history, so there'd be a lot that you could do with those two characters together. Um, And they could butt heads and agree and, you know, disagree at times and all all of that. And, you know, maybe you could see even, like, um, essentially, uh, like, something they disagree so much on that, uh, you know, maybe one thinks they should supersede the other. Uh, and um, I think you could um, introduce even more to uh, essentially War Machine's character because he has been such a side character throughout all of this that we've never even, like, caught a breath of wind 
that he has a family or anything. Like, you could establish that he does have a family, and you could also establish that, like, he uh, could very much empathize with um, Hawkeye losing his family, and that could be, like, another huge plot point that you could focus on um, in this in this world. And I don't know. I think that would be super cool. I think the fact that they want to use these these um, um, side characters in their their film uh, in, in the MCU as like um, and focus on them even more in these these TV shows like is a really really good idea. And I think pegging like uh, you know in addition to the Loki. And the Scarlet Witch thing, if you're pegging anybody to, like, headline that, I, I, I think Hawkeye and Jeremy Renner um, and Don Cheadle as War Machine make a whole lot of sense because they're not, they're not those, like, A, super A-list names. They're, you know, your B-plus list names. So, like, those are the kind of um, people that I think that you could actually get to do these shows um, that it makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you on that. I think my biggest question is, what do you guys think is happening with this new casting of, what is it, Canon Catherine Langford? Yes. It's great casting, dude. What, what do I so think is happening with it? Uh, she's playing in A4. I had somebody come to me as soon as the news came out and say that she was rumored to be playing Kate Bishop. Which is why I think it's funny that even people that are saying that they've heard otherwise or that um, that they've heard that she could be playing uh, someone that's not really uh, a Marvel character, uh, all of a sudden this Hawkeye news comes out. And, the, and that the premise of the show will be that he's training somebody. Um, I know a lot of people said that they thought it was Cassie Lang. It's not Scott's daughter. Uh, they already have somebody else cast for her. Um, I have seen some people say that this that she may not be Kate Bishop, but she might be uh, Hawkeye's daughter, um, and we'll see her and you know grown up, and that she actually might be the Kate Bishop role. It just it just will be his daughter instead of actual Kate Bishop. Um, People have speculated that it's actually uh, Pepper and Tony's daughter uh, that they see in the future, um, you know, going through time travel and stuff like that. Um, But I think she's going to be a significant character, at least I would hope, since they're keeping uh, the role under wraps. Uh, I think she's a great actress. If anybody's seen 13 Reasons Why, um, you know, you'll understand why I think she's a good actress. Uh, she also headlines another uh, Netflix series called Cursed. Um, I don't know if that's come out yet or not, but I think she's working on that. Um, so no, this is a this is a huge get. I'm super hyped to see where they're going with her. I just hope it. You know, like I said, I hope it's something significant, and it's not just the one and done. I hope we do see her in uh, uh, future films. Yeah, my question to you is, Cannon, everyone started losing their brains. Why do you think everyone went crazy when she got casted? Because that show has such terrible, uh, like, trolls um, because of the type of um, 
um, uh, the type of scenario that the show was about, you know, about suicide, about bullies in school and stuff like that. Um, I think there's just people that dislike that show so much that they don't think she's a good actress, but she's, she's not a, she's not an actress that's well known outside of that movie. Uh, I think, or that show, um, I think that she has played in a couple of other things, but she's very talented. Um, and she's going to, like I said, you know, Netflix thinks well enough for her to bring her back and headline her own, uh, headline another series. And, you know, Marvel's done pretty good casting-wise, so that should tell you something, that they trust her abilities as an actress. Um, Other than that, I don't know why they would hate this casting, because they haven't come out and said who she's actually playing. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she's going to play somebody that's going to end up being in the Spider-Man universe. Maybe she's Black Cat. I mean, there's no telling, you know, where they're going to go with it. I mean... Uh, but I'm just glad that she's actually in the universe. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest reason why I still don't understand how people are so quick to hate casting uh, is because majority of the DCEU is casted from people that if you miss a certain show or didn't see that movie, you have no idea who they were. Um, and, you know, once they got on the big screen, no problem. There's no problem. I mean, half the Daredevil cast, I've never seen these people ever ever, but I love all of them. I love all of them, and you have to be willing to give a chance. And it's one of those things that, like you said, it didn't say who she's playing. She could be playing absolutely, I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm saying she could be playing someone absolutely irrelevant to the future of the MCU, and people hate it. Like, what? (laughs) Give the girl a chance to actually be whoever her character is supposed to be, and then if she doesn't do a good job, by all means, go crazy. But to judge someone purely off of just saying they got a part in a movie, a movie with, like, 300 people in it, it's like it's a little premature and a little annoying. Uh, but, Nick, and the idea of people still hating casting, one, before uh, it's revealed who they're playing, and two, before they actually see the movie. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with casting. I mean, like you said, it's... Like, let's even if you don't like a particular show, someone can still be um, a viable actor or actress um, from that. I mean, we we have so many examples of that. I mean, I would cite uh, both Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson as like the ideal um, type of. Uh, I hate Twilight, so everything that they're going to be in from here until the end of time, I will protest. It's like, dude, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't like Twilight. Um, I've like never even watched any of the movies, but I've seen other movies with both of those actors in, and they're not bad actors. They're actually pretty damn good. Uh, so like, I don't know. I I never buy into the. I didn't like the one thing that they that they're known for. So I'm going to not like everything else that they're in from here to the end of time. Um, so that's just stupid to me. Um, as far as, like, uh, like what, you know, character uh, she might be playing or anything, like, obviously, like you said, we don't know yet, but it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, if it is, um, you know, a, a, an important character, 
then I welcome that. Like I think uh, like that'll be something very rich and interesting to follow. And if they can tie that in, like tie that further in to their TV universe and have even more of that connection to their to the MCU, like I welcome that. I think it'll be great. We've always said that what we would like more than anything else out of the Marvel Netflix universe is like more of a connection. Like give us a little, whether it's like characters on that show showing up in the movies or movie characters uh, be having at least more of an influence on the television show. Like no matter what it is, like that, uh, like the fact that they can do that with the streaming service and all that is super exciting. And I, I, refreshing and I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is I do want to start seeing Marvel start casting somewhat younger heroes. Uh, Obviously not like children, but just around Tom Holland's age. Uh, Younger heroes. Um, They don't have to be major heroes, but I do want to see uh, younger heroes. I want to see Marvel start building a world that, I mean, because think about it. Um, Brie Larson, I think, is the youngest of the adult group. Like, Chadwick, I think, is in his 40s, uh, the late 30s, uh, 40s. Um, you know, ScarJo, I think, is in her late 30s or mid-30s. Uh, you have Downey Jr., who's who's up there. Like, all these guys are, are not old, like, they can't keep doing this. But I just mean, like, I'd, I'd like to start seeing younger, fresher faces. Um, and this is a step in the right direction. So, I, and I completely agree with you. Um, I hated Twilight also. That will not take away from me thinking that the actors in that movie are capable of actually being good actors. So I'll never hold someone to a project that they did that could have been horrible writing or horrible directing. So, I mean, because to me, that just doesn't fall on the shoulders of the actor all the time. Sometimes it could just be like everything else is horrible. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, let's talk some other news from other studios that seem to be as dysfunctional as DC. Uh, let's go to Sony. Um, apparently, Spike Lee uh, is out as director for Night uh, for the Nightwatch movie, which to me is is bittersweet. Um, mainly because if there's ever any time Spike doesn't want to do something, I am a hundred percent for it. Uh, because if he isn't giving his a hundred percent, I don't want it. Um, that's just how much I love that guy as a director. Um, and he seems very passionate about what he takes on as a director. Um, so if this is something that he felt as though for whatever reason he no longer wanted to do, I support it. I'm not, I'm not going to be like, no, you have to find a way to get – if he doesn't want to do it, do not force him by throwing more money at him or anything like that. Just allow him to step away and find someone else. Uh, but, Nick, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Spike Lee stepping out as director for Nightwatch? Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing, um, but not unexpected. Um, I mean, there was – there. Were, I mean, he was never on. So, like, let's, let's be clear about that. Um, he was just one of the people um, or, or the main person who they were targeting to be the director of the Nightwatch movie. Um and his name has been in the mix for a long time now, and now his name's not in the mix anymore. So it's not like they had him, and then, you know, he, now he's he's not there anymore. He never was there. They just wanted him for a long time, and, and eventually, like, they did not get him. 
Um, and you know what? Honestly, um, I I'd like the fact that like Cheo's schedule is, is slightly freed up now. Um, like, dude, just just give it to Cheo. Like, he already wrote the fucking script for it. Like, let him direct it. Give the guy a shot. Like, give the guy a shot at a major motion picture. Um, he obviously, if he if he took the time to like write the script and like essentially explore this character that obviously he has a passion about, um, that is, is not like a super well known character, um, like yeah, just give it to him. Let let him direct it. Uh, let him uh, you know essentially build this character and just see where it goes. You're not. I don't think you're risking that much. I don't think you have to put that much into it as far as a budget. You have a script. Obviously, they like the script enough to try to court um, uh, a guy like Spike Lee, um, which would have cost you so much more money than what you would have to pay Jo. Like, just like give it to him and let him run with it, and like come what may, if it's really good then, you know, you, you have all of these other materials um, that possibly he could want to explore, and you could find yourself in a situation where, uh, especially given, you know, the fact that Luke Cage just got canceled, you could find yourself in a situation where, um, like Warner Brothers has, where they have these, like, writers that, like, they essentially pay, like, to, to be exclusive Warner Brothers writers, Maybe Sony can find themselves in a situation like that. And, um, you know, Cheo could really explore a lot of these uh, Spider-Man side characters. Uh, and I, I think it, it's well worth the risk to, to to explore that option. Yeah, I actually, I second that. Cheo would be amazing um, to come on and direct this. I mean, I think people keep sleeping on... Especially he uh, the script. Right, exactly. Um, I think people keep sleeping on the really good job that he did with uh, with Luke Cage um, and, and how good those stories turned out to be and just how deep he got um, with everything he was doing with Luke Cage, the hoodie, the symbolism for it, uh, just, just everything he was going with for that movie. I think he could do a really great job. Um, I also think this is another character that no one's really, <laughs> really needing Sony to do a movie about. So it's like, Hearing this news, I don't think anyone's going to be heartbroken because no. people probably forgot that this was even a movie being made. <laughs> probably, yeah. So, I mean, if you're Sony, I think what you should just do is focus movie to movie. Um, you could have an outline of characters that you want to do movies about, but say nothing till a movie comes out. So Venom came out. So now you can talk all you want about um, Morbius. Once Morbius comes out, you can talk all you want about whatever the next thing is. I just think the best course of action for Sony is to say less, do more. That should be a slogan somewhere in the Sony Pictures office that just says, say less, do more. That's all you need to focus on. Venom, box office-wise, was a success. Worry about Morbius. That's it. Just work your way up. That, that, that's all you should be focused on. Uh, but, Kanan, what are your thoughts on um, Spike Lee out as director for Nightwatch? I mean, I, I mean, I guess it would be shocking if I felt like they were already into 
like well into production or if they were fixing to start production and then he left. Um, I, I think that this is probably a movie that, um, you know, the studio might be evaluating, um, you know, whether or not they're really committed to it. Uh, I would like to see the film. Uh, I think it's something that still will get made. Um, but maybe just Spike Lee just felt like it wasn't in his wheelhouse. Maybe he felt like it was something that he just didn't really want to take on. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, Cheo doesn't leave the project and he'll stay on. Um, I think it'd be cool maybe if he did uh, direct, but uh, I think they can find somebody suitable and, you know, we'll still do a, a good job. I don't think this was something that, you know, just like I said, it wasn't something that was like really on the top of everybody's radar that people are looking at it like, oh, man, that's, you know, a, a, it's a director that we're going to really miss. I mean, he is a good director, but, you know, if this had been like he was going to direct the, uh, you know, the Namor film or something, then people probably would be like flipping out like, oh, my gosh, what's, you know, what's going on there? But, you know, like you said, it's Sony, so it's not uh, it's not like we didn't expect something uh, anyways with that company. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right, man. But it's just it's 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 in I don't want to say infuriating because with Sony it's it's uh, bet low, <laughs> it's bet as low as you possibly can, and then just be overwhelmingly surprised. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like I think the best possible thing for them is to just crawl before they walk. By that I mean stop talking, like. Act as if you don't even know how to talk. Just say absolutely nothing. Go movie to movie. That is it. Um, because I feel as though they're just grasping at straws to build a universe here. And um, if, if anybody, like DC doing these Elseworld one-offs, right? Anyone should be doing Elseworld one-offs. It should be Sony. Instead of you trying to build a universe where the guy that the universe, uh, the guy that you need to build the universe, you don't have. So it's like instead of doing that, do these one-offs. And the reason why one-offs could work in the long run for them is all you have to do is drop a small little cameo in of Spider-Man uh, once you get him back. If you don't decide to come back, uh, you know, to strike a deal with uh, the MCU again, one small cameo connects everything. Everything. That's all you need. One small cameo. So to me, it's if you continue to do just one-off, one-off, one-off. Um, I think the I think the reception would be a lot better rather than people going, you're just trying to build a Spider-Man world without Spider-Man, and it's really desperate. <laughs> so just do one-offs of characters that, you know, do deserve movies, but we don't need you telling us, oh, it's part of a universe, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're building, when the one ingredient that you need to make it a successful universe, um, you don't have at the moment. Uh, so I just think the best thing for them to do is just, Attach these as one-offs. Uh, that way there's no expectations of, uh, well, it has to be good because you're trying to build. Like, just do movie. Um, excuse me, did you guys have anything else to add about that before we moved on? Nope. Uh, nope. All right. All right, Kanan, I'm going to ask you about a movie I'm pretty sure you are the biggest fan of <laughs> than anybody else. And I was really expecting Dane to be on for this. Um but apparently Johnny Depp is completely done with Pirates. Um, so my question to you, Kenan, it's a two-sided question. Um, will we see a reboot? And if so, 
if they decide to go with Captain Jack Sparrow, which I completely suggest they do not do, um, if they decide to do that, do you have anybody in mind that you think could fill in the, the shoes for Captain Jack Sparrow? If they were to reboot and go with somebody other than – okay, so if Johnny Depp's out, go with Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, I, I mean, I'm with you, man. I mean, I think the Captain Jack Sparrow character needs a break if they're not going to use Johnny Depp. I think they uh, can just go in another direction and, and create a new character, uh, you know, maybe tell a different story. Um, if they were going to go with somebody – um, other than Johnny Depp, maybe uh, Michael Fassbender. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, Johnny Depp really did uh, so great with that character that I just would hate to see anybody else fill his shoes. So I'm going to say no, man. I'm going to say just let the character be what it was and, and go from there. I, I don't think anybody else can really do Jack Sparrow the way Johnny Depp did. Yeah, I think my biggest issue with the Pirates universe is I felt as though they didn't build it to where it's like you could go, oh, remember when we talked about this character? Well, now we're going to do a franchise about him. Like, they didn't do a good enough job building a world to where you could go, oh, like, remember Jack always talked about this pirate, but we never saw him or heard anything about him, like, besides just from that one movie? man, they're going to do a movie about that guy, and then they can get blah, blah, blah to play him. Like, they didn't do a good enough job building a world. I felt as though they focused more so on, man, we got uh, Johnny Depp. That's all we really care about. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I just kind of think they didn't really do a good enough job. But, Nick, um, quickly I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on um, Depp being done with Pirates? Do you think we'll see a reboot? And if so, who do you think could really – be the lead, whether it being a reboot with Sparrow or a reboot uh, just of the whole universe uh, itself, or franchise, rather? Well, I, I think they have two directions they can go. They can either take a break and do a reboot in, you know, three years or so, um, and if they do that, who's, I don't know who I would recast as Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, but, like, in a universe like this, I agree with Kanan, like, just, like, if you want to make another movie, just make another movie. Maybe you can, you know, get the other core characters back, um, and you can introduce a new character. In fact, I think Michael Fassbender would be like a, a great um, addition to a property like that, just as his own character, um, just like as sort of a replacement for. Um, Jack Sparrow, and you know, maybe somewhere down the line you could bring Sparrow uh, and Johnny Depp back into the fold. Um, I think that would be the better way to go than to just completely reboot it. Um, because, honestly, I I don't, I think so much of that movie um, it, it depends on um, Johnny Depp's the, the, the character of, of Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, and if you were to recast that character and it didn't work out, it would be so detrimental to any, like, um, any place that you would go from there. Whereas if you just introduce a new character um, and maybe he does work out and you can make him like a bona fide part of the franchise um, would be like a better idea than, you know, than trying to recast the character that we already um, 
have an actor that's synonymous with that character. And there's no like, there's no real, uh, it's not, it's not an issue. It's not a situation where like, it's like, you know, Wolverine where, you know, like we're going to all have to adjust to whoever, uh, you know, Feige and Marvel cast as Wolverine. But it's like, you know, we have so much material to work off as far as comic books and everything else. And, um, like, I, I I can adjust to that more than I can adjust to someone else playing Sparrow. And, like, it, like take a play out of um, Fast and Furious uh, franchise. Like, I'm not a fan, obviously. Um, I'm with you on that, Jawan. Um, but uh, when they didn't get, weren't able to get Vin Diesel for two straight movies, um, like, instead of, like, erroneously like recasting the character or anything stupid like that they just introduced other characters um that played a main part in you know the, the especially the second film Tyrese um and then he can show up and, and play a small part in in future films so like that would be the direction that I would go over like just you know rebooting everything yeah I, I'm with you and I think also to me, whenever you kind of go from from A to B when it comes to a, a franchise like this, to me, uh, whenever you're trying to add in a new world, I always feel if the first franchise was dark, the second franchise has to come in lighter. Um, so I feel like since the first franchise with Johnny was so lighthearted, um, you can come into it with a different character and have it. I'm not talking about it being dark like anything draft. Darker than what it was. And I think Michael Fassbender as a brand-new character would be perfect for that. Um, you coming in with maybe a pirate who's, who's literally just a bad guy, um, and you're getting it from the standpoint of just this horrible pirate. Um, instead of it being the good guy who kind of walks the line, he's just straight-up horrible pirate. Um, and then, like you said, Nick, you can down the line uh, have Johnny Depp go, look, we built a world um, now to where we could just place you in. It's not on your shoulders. Um, and maybe you could take on this brand-new pirate uh, who's this huge bad guy. Um, you know, so there's just so many different things they could do with it. My biggest issue just is they didn't set the table for that to be a possibility of there being, like, you know, other pirates that we might have heard of or saw once that they could really delve into and, and pick out. So you'd have to create a whole new uh, world, and not world as far as drastically different than the one we've been accustomed to, but just different in the sense of, uh, we've only known a world with Jack Sparrow. Um, so now, you, now you're entering a world with no Jack Sparrow. So it's going to be fun to see how they kind of play with that and how they kind of work it. Um, but I am looking forward to what the future is for Pirates, but I'm with you, Nick. They should approach it similar to how Star Wars did, to where it was like, man, you've gone so long without a Star Wars movie. Boom, now you got one. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's been so long. Um, you know, that they're really excited for. But I think if you do it too soon, it's kind of just like, eh, I really like the last few that you put out, so whatever. Um, but, Kanan, before we wrap up, I wanted to go back to you. You had a few things that you wanted to say before we wrapped up the show. Yes, Hello? I am here. I'm okay. here. I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I, got caught up trying to, I got caught up trying to look and see if there was any breaking news on uh, – on Twitter because you know how uh, the weekend is very dead when it comes to news. Uh, uh, yeah. But no, uh, no, I just wanted to once again uh, 
thank our sponsor, BlueChew.com. I mean, Nick did a great job earlier, but I really do want to thank them uh, for sponsoring our podcast. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's been an honor uh, to have them sponsor us. And then, you know, we do just want to stress again uh, for our listeners that we do have that uh, that great offer uh, that if you go to BlueChew.com, uh, you get your first shipment free when you use that promo code GVN. Uh, just make sure you pay the $5 shipping. But that, that's a great deal, and uh, we're really honored uh, to have them as a sponsor. And we got some uh, some other news yeah. coming up yeah. that uh, we'll break, uh, you know, when it happens. But, yeah, thanks again to uh, Blue Chew. Absolutely. Um, it, it has been a lot of fun uh, working with them uh, <clears throat> for the time that we work with them. And thank you again, Nick, for uh, your drop, and then thank you, Kanan, for – for that, um, before we end the show, actually, I have one more quick topic. I'm going to very quickly pass uh, to the both of you because um, we tackled all of our topics except for this one. Uh, news came out that Brad Pitt and Rachel Wise, or however you pronounce her last Wise. name, I'm horrible at yep. names. Wise, okay, cool. Um, have been cast for what I hope is the final of this trilogy. Uh, for the Kingsman movies, because I hated the second one. Uh, the Great Game. Nick, I'm going to go to you really quickly. What are your thoughts on those two, what I think are huge castings for this franchise? Yeah, I mean, it's big for them. Like, I agree with you. I think they should wrap it up at three um, and just and just call it what it is. Um, but the fact that they were able to get Brad Pitt and Rachel Weisz, like, yeah, like that's great for them. And... Um, let's hope they can knock it out uh, on on their final chapter. Um, fingers crossed that it is the final chapter. Absolutely, and that it is good. Um, Kanan, your thoughts <laughs> on the two castings? Uh, first off, hate to burst your bubble, guys, but uh, the rumor uh, for this movie is that it's a prequel, uh, so it probably will set up um, another you know another era of the of the film. So don't get your hopes up that this will be the last one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, two huge uh, names. If they if they take the roles, uh, right now they're in talks. Um, but yes, that uh, Brad Pitt and Rachel Wise, two great uh, actors um, who can only make the franchise better. Because I agree, uh, part two was very bad. Yeah, I mean, let me let me elaborate. I'm fine with them if they want to explore the world. I just, I'm just saying, and the one with Eggsy or whatever his name is, I think the first one was amazing. I think the second one was just like, obviously, this is not the same team who did the first one. So, to me, if the, the third one has to be on par with the first one, for me to feel comfortable with that same universe going forward. But if you're telling me that you're doing a prequel led by Brad Pitt, I'm interested I'm definitely well. Well, if this all sticks. Well, it was done, but okay. Matthew Vaughn did the first one and the second one, but for some reason he doesn't do sequels well because the first Kickass was really good. The second, uh, I, I actually like the second, but the second was very panned uh, by critics, and the second uh, uh, Kingsman just felt like it was thrown together. It was very, it was, it was terrible. So um, yeah. I love Matthew Vaughn as a director, but he needs to get better when it comes to creating his sequels. Absolutely. No, I, I'm with you on that, and it was it was weird. Uh, the the first one of Kick-Ass was, like, really, 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 really good. And then the second one was just like, all right, they obviously must have changed the director and everything. Um, so 
I, I do agree with you that if he is doing this this prequel instead of the final of the trilogy, uh, it's going to have to be really good. And you getting Brad Pitt yeah. and Rachel, I'm hoping that these are all pieces of a really great puzzle that they're going to form for us. So we'll just all have to wait and see. But thank you guys for another great episode of Geek Bob's Live. Huge shout out to Dane and Joel who could not be on, but they'll be back next week. Uh, and thank you, Nick, and thank you, Kanan, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Blue Chew. Get everybody go out there and get some. Blue Chew. Get it. <laughs> Blue Chew. Yay. Yeah. <laughs>